0: Although most untamed animals aren't accustomed to playing rescue hero for human beings, wild animals have done some remarkable things to save human life. But how are these beasts capable of such deeds?
1: A lot of people call it a sixth sense or they think something supernatural is going on.
0: This is Science, Scripture and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. There are many remarkable true stories about domesticated and wild animals rescuing people or warning them of impending danger. But how do these animals know that harm is near? Were they created with some sort of sixth sense? Why not walk on the wild side with us for the next 15 minutes as we discuss dramatic rescue efforts and the super senses of both untrained domestic animals and wild beasts. Cindy Carlson is the museum curator at ICR. She says many people are amazed by the stories of wild animals rescuing people and by the ability of animals to sense danger.
1: Whenever an animal helps a human being or senses something that we don't sense, you know, a lot of people will call it a sixth sense or they'll say it's mysterious or they think something supernatural is going on. For instance, after the tsunami in Southeast Asia in December of 2004, Reports came from several knowledgeable people that there were very few animal carcasses. Lots of people died, but they didn't find very many dead animal bodies, and the only ones they did were animals that were in cages or that were tied down.
0: Wild animal handler Dan Breeding of Creatures of Creation says the so-called sixth sense that some people attribute to animals isn't really an extra sense, but is rather a sharp awareness within their senses.
2: When I think about these amazing animal feats, I think about the elephants during the tsunami who took off before the actual waves crashed down on dry land. I get a lot of questions about that. Do the animals have a sixth sense, you know? Do they feel that in their mind with that sixth sense and then just take off and break those chains and go to high ground? And I tell them simply no, they have only five senses. But these creatures have very acute senses because they need those very acute senses to make up for something that they're lacking compared to us. And that's a very complex brain. We have the most complex brain of all creation. God designed us according to his likeness in his own image. That's chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 26 and 27.
0: Cindy Carlson agrees and says the keen awareness that animals possess is part of their created design.
1: I credit this ability to super senses that God has given animals. Two of these senses that I think were involved at the tsunami are the ability to hear frequencies different than human beings can hear them and the ability to actually sense sound through the ground, which are things that we don't do very well.
0: These frequencies to which we turn a deaf ear are both high and low.
1: Most of us know about dog whistles that use ultrasound. Ultrasound are frequencies that are higher than we hear. So the dog, will hear the dog whistle, but humans don't hear the dog whistle. There are many other animals that use ultrasound. Uh, bats, whales, porpoises, and dolphins, they use ultrasound for navigation. But there's another kind of sound called infrasound. Those are frequencies too low for human beings to hear. There's many animals that do, but so far, whales, elephants, rhinoceros, giraffes, okapis, and even alligators use infrasound to communicate. Interestingly enough, when we have an earthquake or tsunami, ocean waves and earthquakes will create infrasound, which is that sound that's too low for us to hear. And these were the sounds that were possibly heard by elephants. And that just explains the elephants. I'm not sure about the rest of the animals that were running, but perhaps they have senses too that were able to detect those sounds.
0: Amazingly, the elephant's gigantic ears are not the only part of its body that can hear and detect infrasound.
1: Elephants have been observed to listen to waves in the ground. They will lean forward and pick up one of their feet. Apparently, that pushes their weight down on the remaining three feet and enables them to hear better. And there are receptor cells in their feet called pacinian corpuscles. And these are cells, a nerve cell, that sends the message to the brain from what they feel in the ground. And it's become a quite large research study currently going on.
0: Not only do elephants receive infrasound waves, but they also send them out.
1: They can hear low sounds and they also produce that low infrasound in their nose and in their lungs that can be heard by elephants, but infrasounds also produce by them stamping the ground and creating sounds in the ground. For instance, they've observed elephants going towards a thunderstorm that is miles and miles away to find water and because of the lightning hitting the ground and the infrasound travels along the ground and ele- elephants don't hear it their there is but they pick it up with their feet. So there's both hearing infrasound with their ears and feeling it in the ground. These infrasounds travel by air, by water, and by the ground. So it's a combination.
0: With their wonderfully unique super senses, Animals, particularly dogs, have been trained to aid the police and the military, help the disabled, and rescue people trapped by natural disasters. But as we focus on wild animals and untrained domestic pets, we're even more astonished by their attempts at rescuing people in harm's way. As we've been discussing in this program, elephants are magnificent creatures. Not only did they help clean up the debris after the devastating 2004 tsunami in Southeast Asia, But they also rescued some people during the tsunami. ICR
3: zoologist Frank Sherwin explains. We find that elephants had done a significant job in helping to save a number of tourists as they headed up to higher ground. It was found that the elephants didn't hesitate to take some of the tourists with their trunk and help them up onto their back as they all clambered for higher ground. And while elephants were rescuing people in Thailand, an untrained domesticated dog in another country, ravaged by the tsunami, saved the life of his young owner. In the same vein, during the tsunami of the Far East in the country of India, a dog belonging to a family helped a seven-year-old boy to get to higher ground by running after him and snipping and biting at his heels as he scrambled upwards. The family didn't believe that they would find the little boy again, and yet the mother saw the little boy walking towards her with the dog at his side. In two separate accounts from Africa,
0: lions and a stray dog were heroes for the day after rescuing children in desperate situations.
3: In the country of Ethiopia, where an abductor may use friends to take a girl that he wants as his wife, they will forcibly take her. In one case, for example, some lions actually protected a girl and kept the abductors at bay and protected the girl from being taken away by these seven men the poor girl was beaten repeatedly and she had whimpered quite a bit and it caused one park official to speculate that perhaps her crying had mimicked the sound of a lion cub and that's why they protected her in the country of Nairobi a nursing dog that was foraging for food found a newborn baby that was in a plastic bag The dog took the baby across a busy street under a fence, and the baby survived. But land animals are not the only
0: wild creatures that have protected humans in danger. In the ocean lives the friendly dolphin that reportedly has helped humans time and time again, Cindy Carlson.
1: One story was from New Zealand where a group of lifeguards was encircled by dolphins and protected from a great white shark for about 20 minutes until the great white swam away, and then they released the human beings. There's many stories about dolphins doing something like that. Bottlenose dolphins do have an instinct to circle, for instance, one of the females that's giving birth because she's very vulnerable at that time, and the other bottlenose dolphins will encircle her until the baby is born and There's no danger around, and then they will stop their vigilant watching of her. And so that's the same type behavior when they surrounded the lifeguards, but why they would surround lifeguards instead of one of their own, you know, is anybody's guess.
0: Wild animals coming to the aid of human beings is remarkable and fascinating. But is this phenomenon just animal instinct or God's way of protecting people in unusual circumstances? While we can't definitively answer that question, the Bible does tell us that there were times in the past when God commanded wild animals to sustain the lives of certain people.
1: Daniel and the lions in the lion den, the Bible account has Daniel saying this, My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. So apparently this was not the normal instinct of the lions, but actually there was supernatural intervention that shut the lion's mouth. And that's clarified further in the account, because when they then put Daniel's accusers in the lions, then they were overpowered and eaten immediately, which was apparently the instinct of the lion. So this is something different. This is God's intervention.
0: And God even used what we would consider a rather greedy species of bird to feed one of his Old Testament prophets during a drought.
1: The Bible says, actually God is speaking to Elijah and he said, I've commanded ravens to feed you. So morning and night, it doesn't tell us for how long, but every morning and every night it said that the ravens brought him bread and meat every day, twice a day, until the brook dried up. So that's pretty interesting because... Ravens have the instinct to carry things, but we don't usually see them, you know, catering to a human being for days on end and bringing him exactly the kind of food he needs to survive.
0: Dan Breeding says that the animals glorify God as creator by their actions, which is something we as people don't always do.
2: Those animals do what they're designed to do, and they do it really well. And because they do it really well, they glorify God by being what they're designed to be. See, we were designed to glorify God as well. But because of that dirty word called sin, we have such a problem submitting to God and doing what we're supposed to do. But we know that when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, that he wipes that slate clean and that sin away. And we're able to bridge that gap between God and man. Because he wants to have that personal relationship with us. He designed us in his own image with that complex brain so we could read his word and have that personal relationship with him. The gibbon, the chimpanzee, the orangutan, the alligator, you know, the orca whale, the sea otter, the duck-billed platypus, none of those animals will ever be able to have a personal relationship with their Heavenly Father. They already do what they're designed to do and they do it really well. And being that that is, They glorify God. We glorify God when we submit to Him for His will for our life. And that takes diligent prayer life and being in God's Word and being transformed by that also powerful Word.
0: As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted both historically and scientifically and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, Why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR? The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.